Revelation chapter two, verse four. Nevertheless, I have this against you. These are the words of Jesus. Okay, he ain't playing games right off the bat. I've got this against you. You've left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. Repent and do the first works or I will come and quickly remove your lampstand from its place. And that is literally uh, about influence. Jesus says, I will remove your influence from your region and from your city. Now this is Matthew 9, 16. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He was moved. He was moved. He was moved. I want to preach from that subject for a while. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. Thank you. I'll take that right now. I'm moving. Look at your neighbor, whoever's best looking. Tell them I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. Look at your second choice. Tell them I'm moving. I'm moving. Now find the ugliest person on your... No, just kidding. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm going to thank you, brother. I'm moving. Father, bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm moving. Uh, Jesus is praising a church in the book of Revelation chapter two, he's having this conversation with them and he's telling them about some things that they're doing that are good. And then he says, but I've got this against you. I have an issue. And here is the issue. The issue is you've, you've lost your love. You you're going through the motions, but you've lost your love for me and you've lost your love for people. Um, I never want to be in that place as a believer And I never want us to be in that place as a church where we are doing it and we're even doing it well and we're doing it with excellence and we're going through the motions and maybe even we're helping a lot of people, but we're no longer doing it with the love of God in our hearts. Um, I don't want to get there. I don't want to be there. We're not there right now. And I'm going to preach to us so we never get there in Jesus' name. Jesus said, said, "You've, you've lost your love for me. You no longer love me. You no longer have that love that you had in your heart for me, and you no longer have that love that you had for people. And I just want to tell you that is a dangerous place to be because he says, if if you stay here, you will lose your influence in the city because it is literally impossible to be a church without love. We are a gathering. We are a concert. We are a social club, but we are no longer the ecclesia. We are no longer the called out ones, the people of God gathering together to lift up the name of Jesus. The moment we lose our love is the moment we lose our supernatural touch and the moment we begin to lose our influence in a city. I wanna tell you that it's impossible to be a church that does not love and eventually it will be impossible to be a Christian that does not love. This is what sets us apart. This is what makes us unique. This is what makes us beautiful. This is what makes us attractive to the world that we would love God and we would love each other. And this church got to a place where it was cool and it was comfortable and it was casual, but it got cold. And Jesus said, I'm asking you to go back to your first love where your heart burns for me and where you are passionately in love with me and passionately committed to helping people. This is where I want to be. And and he would go on to say, we wouldn't read the verse, but he goes on to say in the next verse, that there's actually some really evil things that are happening that you hate. And he said, that's actually good. Like you're, you're, you're actually grieved over what's going on in your city. 
He goes, but the issue is you've, you've actually gotten to a place where you're more passionate about what you hate than what you love. And the moment a church cares more about what they're against than what they're for and who they're for, we've lost our voice in the city. Like I'm always shocked that Christians are shocked that the world is the world. My God, sinners are sinning. Like we're mad right now and we're all on Facebook mad about this new show on Netflix and how we're just outraged. Why didn't, Netflix is not a Christian owned company. So, so they release shows that aren't Christian and then Christians are mad that they're releasing the shows that aren't Christian. I'm not saying this show's good. I, I find it very offensive. But I'll tell you, we're not gonna change the world by writing letters about the world being the world. Hello. No, no one on your Facebook page is gonna see you outraged and go, wow, what must I do to be saved? No one's gonna see your Instagram story of pure outrage about a, a new show on Netflix and go, wow, I just, I feel there's a hole in my heart. Only Jesus can feel, what do I have to do? No, that's not gonna happen. We are not gonna win the world by our outrage. We're not gonna win our world by joining the very cancel culture that is our culture. We're not gonna win the world by being outraged. We're gonna win the world by supernatural love, supernatural grace, by being kind, by turning the other cheek, by having absolute unconditional forgiveness. This is the only way it's gonna work. And I wanna tell you, I'm so proud of our church because I feel the love of Jesus in our church. Our church is so kind. Our church is so diverse. Every, every service is wild. I mean, there are young people. There are more mature people. Amen. There are white people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people. There's people who love Jesus. There's people who don't know where they are with God. There's people who, are, who believe. There's people who don't believe. There's gay people. There's straight people. There's people who are trying to figure out their journey. I mean, we, we have it all. I love it. I love that anyone can come into this church and I want to stay right there where, we, where we're more passionate about what we're for than what we're against that you can bring anyone into this church. And I might tell the truth and it might get a little tight but at least you know you're not going to come in here with your friend and go, oh, sorry, Jabin's in a mood. Sorry. Ew, he, I didn't, he usually is, he's usually a lot nicer, but today he's just really on a soapbox. I'm never going to do that. Because we're, we're always going to be known for what we're for. Our souls are in trouble when what we hate is stronger than what we love. I'm, I'm not saying you can't have an opinion. I'm not saying you shouldn't make your voice heard. I'm not saying, uh, I, I think you should have opinion on politics. I think you should vote your values. I think, I think we need to have opinions and I think we need to think. But if all of that is not rooted and grounded in love, it's powerless. And it will not change the world. Jesus said, y'all have gotten so passionate about what you're against, but you no longer love me and you no longer love people. And you've become professional Christians that know how to walk through the motions and do it with excellence, but the fire is no longer burning. And Jesus says, I'm asking you to return to your first love. Yeah. And so we go, okay, well, how do, I, how do I love God? I guess I just gotta try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna grip my teeth and I'm gonna try. <laughs> I really love God. Has anyone ever tried? It's the worst. 
gonna try. I'm gonna read the whole New Testament tomorrow. <laughs> if I'm ever alone, I'm just gonna speak in tongues nonstop. I'm just gonna speak in tongues nonstop. It's gonna, I'm just not gonna stop praying in the spirit. I'm gonna fast 21 days, water. <laughs> By like 2 p.m., you're in and out, in line, like. But at least you're in tongues, right? Like you're in the. <laughs> so you don't try. Let me, let me tell you how to let me tell you how to fall back in love with Jesus. Look what this says in Luke chapter 7, verse 47. There's a woman who is worshiping at the feet of Jesus, and people are offended by it. And he says, I tell you, therefore, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loves much. In other words, the reason she loves me so much is because of the amount of forgiveness that she understands she's received. But, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Time out. Jesus is not saying that there are people who are forgiven much and people who are forgiven little. Because we all sinners. <laughs> okay, not one amen, but I, but I believe this. That's what the Bible says. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here's what he's saying. Some people know they were sinners. And some people think they were pretty good and they've added Jesus to a pretty good life. <laughs> you will never worship, you will never be committed and you will never sacrifice if you already think you pretty good and then you just add some pretty good religion to a pretty good. No, I was dead in my sin. I was hopelessly lost without Jesus. I was, I was, I was hopeless without Jesus, but Jesus found me he raised me from the dead. The Bible says I was dead in my transgressions and sins. There aren't people who are more dead than other people. You're dead or you're not dead. You're dead. If you're dead, you're dead. And we were all dead before we met Jesus. But then he raised us up. He raised us to life. And he resurrected us. And he pulled us out of the grave. And if you believe it, you will love a lot. But if you don't believe it, if you think you were already pretty good, probably gonna get to heaven anyway, probably already kind of cool, but then you've just added Sundays to your routine, you will always love little. But if you ever get to the place where you go, I've been forgiven so much. How, how can I not give God my life? How can I not give? How can I not serve? How can I not love people? How can I not forgive people? How can I not be kind? I was, I was dead and he found me. I didn't find Jesus. I didn't know where to look. I didn't even know I was lost. <laughs> but he found me. And see this church in Revelation 2, they, they were just 40 to 60 years past the birth of the church. From Acts chapter two, from tongues of fire and literally giving it all for the gospel to now just, just a generation later, they've, they've gotten into the form of religion. And, and maybe you're thinking, Jay, why are you preaching on this? This isn't us. I know it's not us. I'm gonna make sure it's never us. So I'm gonna keep calling us back to what this whole thing is about. This thing is not about filling buildings. We're always gonna do that. This thing is about a heart on fire for God. This is about taking this out of here and bringing it to our world. Okay, amen. Amen, thank you, Weston. You tried, you tried. He's, he's continued, you tried, you tried. It didn't work, no one wanted to clap with you. Brandon tried. Brandon's trying. Oh, can someone clap with Brandon right now? My God, help me now. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. 
Neither of you need a tithe. The rest of the month, you're good. You're good. Thank you. Your, your debt has been paid for this month. But January 1st, you got to tithe again. Okay, number two. Jesus says, Jesus says, now you need to return to your first works. He says, remember how far you fall. Just go back to how good I've been. And now go back to your first works. And um, I think when we read this, kind of my temptation is to go, okay, so we need to read the Bible, we need to pray, we need to speak in tongues, we need to fast, we need to give, and we need to serve, and we need to be in church every time the doors are open. And, we need, and, and I actually believe in all that because I did all of that when I first got saved, and I was so radical for God, and I was devouring the word, and I was praying, and I was witnessing, and I was, I was leading people to Jesus, and I was helping people, and I was giving, and I was tithing, and I was serving, and all of that. And, I did, and it was such a great honor. But if, I, but if I really think about why it was so meaningful, it was not meaningful because I was going through the motions. It was meaningful because as a 15-year-old kid who was set on fire for God, it was all such an act of faith as I was beginning to walk with God. Does that make sense? It, it, it wasn't about the motions I was walking. It was, I was just so in love with Jesus and I was learning this walk of faith. I'll never forget giving, literally being in an offering during a church service and having a $1.50 in my pocket. And after church, we're going to go to Taco Bell when you could get some for 99 cents. Y'all know what I'm saying? Is there still 99 cent menus? But like you could, at that time, you get like a Whopper for 99 cents. Like, you know, this was back, I'm old. And so, and I remember having a $1.50 in the offering bucket passing and just going, I'm going to give it to God. Like I can remember these moments. Like I, but it, I guess what I'm saying is, when I, when I say go back to your first works, what I'm not saying is, okay, so you need to read more and pray more and you need to do more. What I'm really saying is you need to go back to taking steps of faith. Because the reward was not the doing, the reward was the faith in your heart. So here's why I'm saying all this. Because now at 36, walking with Jesus for 20 years, 21 years, uh, there's a lot of things that I do out of just the pure discipline of being a believer that took a lot of faith that now just happened out of, it's just wisdom and it's discipline. Like I know my life's gonna be better if I read the word, if I pray, if I lay hands on my child, if I, if I give, if I forgive, if I serve, if I give my life to the house of God. A lot of this now is just like, it's just not even second nature, it's just my nature now. But it doesn't, it took faith to do it, but now it doesn't really take a step of faith to do it because now it's just my lifestyle. Here's my point. If I'm not careful, I can actually get into a rhythm of doing good things that take no leading of the Holy Spirit, no intimacy with God. I just do it because I'm a good guy who does good things, but I've lost my fire for God. The Pharisees did this. Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, you don't even know the word. They had the first five books memorized. You couldn't be a Pharisee unless you memorized the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And he goes, y'all don't know the word. And he goes, and by the way, and you don't know God either. They were good people. They fasted twice a week. They had the Bible memorized. They prayed without ceasing. And Jesus says, you don't know God and you don't know the word. How can he say that? Because they were now doing it out of a religious discipline, but their heart was no longer tender towards the Lord. God forbid we become really, we become professional Christians. 
And, and there is a thing about being a pro. What, what makes you a pro is that you could just do it. When you feel it or don't feel it, you just do it. But Jesus never called us to become professional Christians. He called us to be followers. He, God called us to be his children. This thing should move our heart. This, this thing should come from a place of faith where yes, there's disciplines and yes, there's wisdom, but boy, my heart should be touched by what I'm doing. So my challenge to you to go back to your first works is to do something every day that requires faith. That's all I'm asking you to do. Just get back to your first work. Do things that require faith. And that's, frankly, that's a lot of the reason I'm doing what we're doing. I'm like, we're gonna start another campus. Why? Because I need more faith. And we need more faith because we've done this now. We've we've proved we can fill a building. Wow, wow, wow. Look at us. Yay. Move along. We got two million people to reach. Let's start another campus. It's going to take faith. (laughs) We're doubling the budget. (laughs) It's getting hot in here right now. Just doubling the budget in a week. Just from one number, double in a week. Okay, Omar, I can't preach anymore. No, just kidding. Uh, you know, that's a lot. It's a lot of pressure, but it's, it's taking faith. It's requiring a new weight of faith on me. You gotta, you gotta learn how to put a demand on your faith or you will literally just go into religious routine just like this church in Acts chapter two that knew what they believed and knew what was wrong and knew right and wrong, but they no longer loved God. God forbid we, we have enough of Jesus to feel safe, but not enough of Jesus to change. I got enough of Jesus. Yeah, I prayed the prayer, man. I go to church once in a while. I'm going to heaven. Cool. But has he changed you yet? Yeah. Acts chapter two says they were daily committed. Daily committed to fellowship. Daily committed to giving. Daily committed They were seeing souls won every day. This was a lifestyle that became just a generation later, a Sunday morning ritual. They went from a daily following Jesus to a weekly go through the motions. And I just want to tell you what will make this church powerful in our city is when we become a people who love Jesus on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and even Friday and even Friday night and even Saturday, even Saturday night, hey, and then back on Sunday. And that's when we'll see God do something great. That, that's when we will see a move. I'm moving, I'm moving. Look at your neighbor, tell him, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Lastly, number, number three, num- number three, um, we gotta get back to our first call. And our first call is people. Our first call is helping people. Jesus was moved. This is an amazing word in the Greek because it literally means like a stomach ache, like, like his bowels will, were turned. Jesus saw the needs of the people in front of him and it, and it literally caused his stomach to drop. It, it caused him to physically be moved. I, I, I pray that as a people, 
we can still be moved by the needs of our city, that we can be moved by the presence of God, that we can be moved by the word of God, that we can still be moved by what used to move us. I pray that we don't get so mature that we're actually more mature than childlike faith and we're no longer moved by the presence of God. We're no longer moved by prayer. We're no longer moved by worship. We're no longer moved by the word. Like, I don't want to just be moved by good preaching. Oh, the preaching, oh, the preaching was good today. I'm going to give Jabin an eight out of 10. It was good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Next week, I don't know. I don't know. He seemed a little tired. I'm going to give him a five. It's good. It's okay. Whoa, 10 today. Whoa, he's going on my Instagram story. This is, he deserves it. And if we're not, and if we're not careful, Oh, I like the worship today. The songs were great today. This week, good, good. I don't know who picked the songs, but they heard the Holy Spirit this week. Last week, I don't know. One lady walked up to a pastor and said, I didn't like the worship today. And the pastor said, that's cool. We weren't singing to you. (laughs) Boom roasted. (laughs) It's the office. If you don't know that joke, Go, well, no, you can't go to Netflix because now we're boycotting. Okay, yeah, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, one of the things about like our city that I'm so grateful for, we're one of the entertainment capitals of the world. I thank God for it. We have the best entertainment, best music, best concerts. We've got, we've got the Aces. We've got the Knights. We've got, we got the Raiders. We've got the Aviators. we got golf. we got, you want to go see the Grand Canyon? Cool, you could do it with champagne and a helicopter. You, could, you can go to Red Rock and walk. I, some of you guys do that. You hike. That's like a good Saturday for you, but that's cool. Like, yeah, we're going to go walk with the rattlesnakes and the burrows. Okay, cool. That's amazing. It's amazing. Those burrows, man. Like, but you could do that. I mean, we, like, we, are, we are so blessed that we live in such an amazing, we really have an amazing city. Now we're getting a, a new cafe culture and a coffee culture. I mean, this is like, it's booming. Our city is fire. Thank God, because God could have called us to like, I don't know, ugh, somewhere bad, right? And so he called us here. This is awesome. But, 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 the problem is, is that we can take that entertainment mindset and we can bring it into church. And we could go, entertain me, worship team, entertain me, preacher, enter, entertain me. And I just want to remind someone today, this is not entertainment. And I'm not an entertainer. And this band up here is not entertainment. This is the house of the living God. I'm going to let y'all say amen right there before I say anything else. And we have come to lift up the name of Jesus We have come to hear the word of God. We have come to be equipped and fed the word of God. We have come for an encounter with God so that we can then leave this building, go out to the world, be salt, be light, serve, love, help, encourage, lead someone to Jesus. I have not come here for my hour pick-me-up. I have come here to encounter Almighty God and then take it out to my world. Say amen, everybody. and so I want to be careful. I want to be careful that, that we don't bring that mentality in here. I, we should have that mentality because it's what makes our city so awesome. 
We just have to be careful that we don't bring it into the house of God and fold our arms and go, okay, impress me. No, we come with hearts open and hands open. We come, we come with our Bibles and, and hopefully we come ready to take some notes and hopefully we come ready to receive and hope, hopefully we come, I don't care what the song is, it's about Jesus, I'm good. It's about the Holy Spirit, I'm good. It's about God the Father, I'm good. If it's, if it's about God, I'm good to sing to it. That's where I want us to stay. Jesus was moved by the needs of the people and it caused them to heal, it caused them to teach, it caused them to minister. And I pray that as a people, we would always be moved by compassion, moved by the Holy Spirit, moved by the needs of our city, moved, moved by the needs of our friends and family, moved, moved, literally moved. And I, and I know, you know, I've been walking with Jesus now since 90, 1998. We don't always live by our feelings. And, and I, I preach on that kind of stuff a lot. We live by the word. We don't live by our feelings. We live by the word. That's true. But, but I pray every once in a while you feel it. I pray, every, I, I pray you feel like praying and you feel like worshiping and you feel like coming to church and you feel the presence of God and you, you feel goosebumps on your arms and you feel the touch of heaven and you feel the, the love of God. I, 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 we don't live by feelings, but every once in a while I pray we're moved. I pray we feel this thing. I pray this is more than mental assent or just, you know, just I'm gonna, I'm gonna grit it out and I'm gonna bear it and I'm just gonna do it and I'm gonna be by discipline. No, I pray there's a joy to this and a feeling. Jesus, Jesus felt this thing. The Bible said that Jesus, he was moved. The Bible says Jesus wept. The Bible says Jesus prayed over the city of Jerusalem. The Bible says that he rejoiced. He, he, he was emotional. He wasn't just this kind of straight, kind of somber guy that just kind of did what he did. No, he had emotions and he felt this stuff. And I pray that we would too. And I pray that we always would. We, we do, but I'm just saying, I pray that we always would. That we would never run through the motions. But we'd always be moved by the Holy Spirit. For this thing to be a moved, we have to be moved. We have to constantly go back to God saying, God, would you move me? Wow. Because it, it's just so easy to get comfortable. It's so easy to look at a full room and go, well, we did it. <laughs> Can I just remind you again that we are here for those who are not here. We are here for those who are not here. Can I remind you that it is not about how many people that are in this room it's about everyone who is not in this room. Yeah. And there's a lot more people who didn't go to church today in our city than went to church. Yep. And that means we have a lot of work to do. And it is not our job to curse our city or even change our city. It is not our job to curse the darkness. It is just our job to shine a light. And so we're, just, we're, we're not here to change Vegas. We're going to change it from Sin City to Craig City or Sun City or... God city or I don't know every Christian has a new one right all the time how about just I, I want to love my neighbor and I want to love my friends and I want to be a servant and I want to be kind and I'm actually not here to change Sin city I'm actually just here to love my world and be kind and help people and we're not 
By the way, we're not going to change Sin City because a lot of the sin that happens in Sin City happens from all the 40 million people who come here to visit. Our city's actually pretty awesome. We just got to love the people that are in our world. I don't want to change. I don't want to change our city, but I do want to love our city. Oh, wow. This offended you, huh? Good. And if, and if we could stay there, if we could stay radically committed to our world and radically committed to loving God, loving our neighbor, 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 loving God. Oh, it's, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And it's beautiful. And it, and it can bring so much light and love to our city. And if we can just stay there, if we can stay moving, when I say I'm moving, I guess what I'm really saying is I'm not stagnant. I'm just continuing moving forward. Loving God, loving people, loving God, loving, loving God, loving people. So Sir Francis Drake in 1577 prayed this. So you could have the keys come. He said, he said, disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves. Disturb us, Lord, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too small. Disturb us, Lord, when we have arrived safely on the shore because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the water of life. Disturb us, Lord, when falling in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. Disturb us, Lord, when we high five because we have a full building that was filled up 15 minutes before service. And we think we've done something when in reality, there is so much more to do. Disturb us, Lord, when we're, when we're patting ourselves on the back because wow two campuses in under two years wow I've never heard of that who cares there are so many people that need Jesus disturb us Lord when we get pumped because we have full buildings disturb us Lord when there are millions that need the gospel disturb us Lord when we when we did our daily Bible reading but we haven't lived it disturb us Lord when we prayed small prayers disturb us Lord gotten into routines of discipline and wisdom but we've lost our faith and our fire disturb us Lord when what we hate is more important to us than what we love disturb us disturb us I want to be comforted by the Holy Spirit and I want to be uncomfortable for the Holy Spirit I want to be comforted by God but I want to be uncomfortable for God I want a peace that passes understanding. And yet I want to be moved in the very core of who I am because I know that I am not just here to run through the motions, but I'm here to be light to a city. Disturb us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen to God's word? Come on, do you believe it tonight? I believe it. This is a move. This is a move.
We are in a move, but it's going to take this kind of preaching to continue the move. Amen. We're in a move of God, but we're going from two campuses. We're going to go to three. I think we're, I think we will, I think we will be three campuses before 2021. I really believe it. I really believe it. I really believe it. Can you say amen? Can anybody say amen to this? I feel this. I'm telling you, I feel it. I think God's going to give us a miracle building. I, I mean, I just believe there's some crazy things that are on the way. And it, and, and so I'm not preaching this so all that will happen. I think all that's already done because I think God decided to look at City Light and go, I choose you. <laughs> I'm actually preaching this so that when it happens, our heart is right. I'm actually preaching this so that as a people, when it happens, we don't go, well, yeah, because we're the coolest or the most talented. Or, no, no, no. When, when it happens, we'll be humbled by it and grateful for it and go, wow, God, you've been so good to us. That's why. That's why. So when our friends walk in and they get saved, it breaks our heart. And when our friends come in and they receive hope, it, oh, man, it's the joy of our soul because this thing was always just about Jesus and now that we see the dream coming to pass it actually brings so much joy because our heart is so on fire for God disturb us Lord Woo. hallelujah I want to stay right there I want to stay right there yeah. because if you um, if, if we do all this and uh, and we get all this stuff, and we and we lose that love for Jesus. We just we got nothing. Got nothing. I like how Tullian Tavijan said it. He said he said if you get everything, can we see this? If you get everything, but you don't have Jesus, you got nothing. But even if you have nothing. And you have Jesus. You have everything. And I think because of what God is doing in our church, I think our church is always going to have everything. I just, I don't believe for lack. I don't believe, I, I think we're just always going to have abundance. And I believe that because of how I preach, it's building your faith. I think you're always going to have more than enough. So the fear is not that we would have nothing. The fear is that we would have everything but lose that tender heart for God. And so everything minus Jesus is nothing. Nothing plus Jesus is everything. But what happens when we're so blessed and our heart is so tender towards God? Let me tell you what we can do. We can literally change the world.